This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Weber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Tay Boaster. Hey, everybody. Throwing up the block, the, the backwards hand again, Dave. Yep. Throwing uh, the backwards hand. This time I'm just trying to block it, though. I'm just, but you're I'm all about coverage this time. All about coverage. Um, unlike Isaiah Thomas, apparently, playing defense, because that's what Jesus all of our thing. comments. <laughs> that dude can't play D. That's what all of our comments are about the Isaiah Thomas yeah, uh, Max yeah. contract. Lot, that he can't play defense. Yep. Um, but anyways, we're not talking about IT, these, these, these podcasts. These. We're talking about Jabari Parker. We're talking about the Knicks. And God, please be the last Knicks topic. I'm so sick of the fucking Knicks. It's not going to be. Uh, then we're also talking about the NBA draft. Two players in specific, Dennis Smith and Josh Jackson. So it should be a fun podcast. I'm yep. excited. You guys are excited. Definitely. Uh, I'm excited to tear into the Knicks in our second topic. But we're <laughs> jumping to Jabari Parker. He tore his ACL again. Same ACL that he tore in his rookie season. So it's looking bleak for Jabari. I mean, It's not, not ideal. We, we, he is a Chicago boy. We are Chicago boys. Uh, and, you know, it, it sucks seeing a guy like that who's so young and so talented go down. And the question I want to throw out there and the question that I'm asking that is really, is this injury a career ender for Jabari Parker? And not really career ender because he's most likely got to come back. But will he be able to come back the same? Because he's having a career season averaging like 20 points per game. 20, yeah, just over 20 points per game. Uh, you know, it's it's a scary thing because... When you when you talk about the ACL injuries that uh, players go through, it, it's not only just you know the injury, the recovery, and getting back on the court, but then it's trying to trust your body again, which I think that's like half the game to be honest with you, because like the body can recover after surgery, like and medicine only keeps getting better and better. You know, you go over to Germany for uh, for a summer and you, you pull a, a few Kobe, shots here and there. You pull a Kobe and you come back uh, better than ever, but. Uh, uh, the the mental aspect is a whole nother thing, and that's that's the question with a young guy like him who is so physical, and he he's a, a pure athlete, and like that his game his game is driving. reliant yeah. on that. So that's what scares me. And now twice the same knee is even worse because I mean we came back after the first one pretty fearless. Uh, so I feel like he can, and I feel like medicine's only going to continue to improve. So like he should be able to come back at full force. But it's going to be mental at this point, and I don't know if he's going to come back and be able to drop 20-plus continuously or not. That that might be asking a lot. Because the one thing that does hurt his game, I mean, he's not a, a super you know deadly shooter from the outside. No, he's not. I mean, he's, he's not a guy with a great jumper. But He's improved his shot, though. Yeah. He's improved yeah. the three-point shot. He was shooting 36% shot. Uh, this year. I mean, not a ton of attempts, but, mm-hmm. you know. But still, he's not he's not a dead eye out there. He's no. not a guy that you're gonna want to rely on if it's it's late in the game. You're he's gonna no swing it out Thompson, to three basically. for three. He's, he's yeah. No, he's no Golden State Warriors. But like the thing I look he's at, no LeBron, he's no LeBron in the fourth. That either. But the thing I look at here and like what Dave was saying with the trusting the knee. If this was his first ACL injury, I would look at it and go, "You're a hundred percent correct." Now, are you gonna have that with the second ACL? Of course, but. That side of it, I wouldn't be too worried about because it's one of those things where I've been through this before. I know my own body at this point to how I can rehab it and get back on the court. The thing that would be in the back of my mind, and this also goes to the mental side of when you do get back, are you constantly thinking, okay, it's going to happen again, it's going to happen again, it's going to happen again kind of a thing because it's already happened twice. Is he going to think he's a ticking time bomb, really? Yeah. I, like, I mean, you see fearless you... guys like Derrick Rose go out there who, I mean, we watch him go down time after time. 
he hasn't been the same, but his game hasn't changed much. He's he's more hesitant to go in the lane, and that's obvious. And now he's t- he talked publicly about you know he's got to protect mm-hmm. himself for when it matters for him. But I think that's more of a personality problem. Mm-hmm. But even the fact that he has to think of it that but way even like changed the, his game. Even when he and I know that his was not two ACLs, right? But it was that first one. Even that first season, he came back. It was he was hesitant to drive into the lane because he, he, he you kind of saw like up. Oh, Derrick Rose is getting flashbacks again, which is totally understandable because of what the injury does. But I wonder if Jabari is going to use the the experience he had with that first ACL to kind of use that and say, I'm going to use that to help me repair this one and rehab from this one. And I wouldn't be surprised if when he comes back, it goes, okay, I am not going to try to be the best, of course he's not the best player on the box but I'm not going to go out there and try to be the guy I'm just going to go out there and however I can help the team win is what I'm going to do with what I can with my knee but the thing is is like when you look at what he was bringing to the court and what he was doing when he was being the guy and, and what mm-hmm. his his role was was mm-hmm. driving I mean he's he's the guy that's playing baseline he's the guy that's playing that swing swingman role and he's he's pretty much taking that and, and and dominating the baseline driving so it's really can he be able to stop and start can he be able to fully go at the at the rim can he you know fully trust that knee to not give out on him again because you know the watching him play this year he didn't really have any hesitance he no. had that confidence back he's, he's so, ball still lost and, and you might you might be right where he's like all right well you know I've gone through this before I know that I can recover uh, and I recovered before and was able to be just the same effective player as I was before. But that time bomb thing might be in, in his head where, you know, it's happened before. It's just going to happen. When, well, when's it going to happen? Yeah, when's it going to happen? I, that's what I'd be worried about is him thinking, well, it's happened twice. Could it happen again at any moment? The upside of this, and if, if there is an upside to take away, is that time away from the game at a young age isn't always a bad thing. And they have a really good chance to learn and uh, kind of balance their game out. So for someone with an ACL injury like him, he can work on a shot. And we talked about how he is so reliant on gaining the lane mm-hmm. uh, in order to be effective. Now he has an entire offseason while rehabbing that ACL to work on a shot. A la, you know, what we've seen out of you know players like Joel Embiid where, yeah, he two years in a row, like, cursed with bad luck and uh, injuries. You know, injuries. And it's just like... You know what? He took that time. He he a learned from the game, and you know was in the pro scene. I know uh, Jabari's not a rookie anymore, but there's still a lot to learn about the game. And Jabari's not in the process. He's not in the process, but he's still a, a young player who has a lot of uh, things to learn about the game, mm-hmm. and he he can round out his game or at least his shooting from this. And, you know, you get more time with the coach when you do this, so you learn a whole lot more. You can kind of soak up more because you're not focused on playing every night. So you, you can kind of see the game from a different perspective. So I think that's the upside is you might grow more, at, like, basketball IQ-wise mm-hmm. by not being in the game. Well, and the one thing, too, that I, I want to bring up is the last time he suffered this injury, he suffered it on December 15th and then was able to return on November 4th. So that's right. a, an 11th-month rehab pretty yeah. much. Now they're saying he's going to be out for a full year. So I don't know if that full year is because of the severity of the injury. Maybe it might be you know more severe than the last one, or if they want to give him enough time and, oh, yeah. and, and and to give him the full amount of time to come back because this Bucks team it, it's it comes at probably the most unopportune time at, at all. One for the other, you're yeah. getting Middleton back, and then right when that happens, Jabari goes down, and, and you're in a in a complete skid right now because the last time we talked about the Bucks, it was when Giannis's uh will Milwaukee hurt Giannis's superstardom. And pretty much we jinxed the Bucks because now they've pretty much have gone downhill since we've talked about them. And 
you know, there was a lot of hype about Giannis, and now it's kind of deflating this 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 Milwaukee team. So, looking at Milwaukee as as general, I mean, what are you, are you more hesitant that you're going to be building around a guy that just tore his ACL for the second time? Oh, you're not. The first thing I thought of when I saw this injury was, and Buck fans are going to hate me for saying this. You ain't making the playoffs. You're not making the playoffs. You're done this year. I don't think that's too bold to say because yeah. you don't know what middle can can do. Well, and Giannis is, is fan, I was going to say Giannis. Giannis <laughs> is as fantastic as he is. It's not just that. He's, he's not going to be able to carry him every night. It's also you got like the, the Bucks should be in a position right now where they're ready to take the take the Eastern Conference eight seed because to me the Pistons haven't shown like they've been a team that's like hey we're here. We're hanging on to it, whereas the Hornets are a team that's not playing that strong. The Heat are trying to come out like gangbusters and take that eight seed away from Kick whoever it the wants it. Well, not the, Don't heat, remind me about the Heat. More Dion Waiters, but like we'll talk about them so badly. They the Bucks should be the team where it's hey the Knicks are slacking by the Pistons and Hornets are kind of coasting. We should be the ones that are trying to take that eight seed, maybe even the seven seed. Because let's be honest, the Bulls aren't in that t- that good of a shape. Yeah, we're either. But even but even when then, I mean, Jabari was healthy and they were like two and eleven. I mean, they they've completely fallen it's off a, in the past thirteen games. Yeah. No, but I'm saying like with getting Middleton back, this should have oh, okay. been, oh, yeah. been that re-energy. Oh, definitely, been I the mean, run Middleton yeah. over Snell. Because remember, slight, we, slight improvement. Because remember, <laughs> we time. were told in the comment section how underrated Chris Middleton is. But I mean, this this injury we knew about Middleton. I mean, we injury, mentioned yeah. in our central preview, taking him away from uh, what Middleton and Giannis Jabari that is taking Giannis, him away. Giannis. I just you guys know me. I screw Buck. RG. But uh the one thing is I just think that this team not gonna make the playoffs. You're done, but you'll be better you than know. the Knicks. You'll be and, better than New York. Yeah, so there's d- a bright side. D- okay, so so you're saying they're not making the playoffs, which means hey, mm-hmm. they're in the uh they're in the lottery again. Yes. So do you do you feel like they need to uh go get themselves another power forward? Do you feel like this this second injury causes length. concern? Hmm, do they go get Guess a- who guess who's starting in place of Jabari? No. Thon Maker. The 37-year-old Thon Maker? The 39-year-old Thon Maker. The 44-year-old Thon Maker? The 44-year-old Thon Maker. Oh, I'm sorry, the 86-year-old Thon Yes, he's starting in place of Jabari. So, I mean, Team, team Wingspan's already taken effect. Oh, my God. I, I think that's an interesting question. Where, Too bad he can't get 10 fouls in one of these games. <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting, though. Like, where do they go? Yeah, and, I mean, it, it, again, he, this is his third year in the NBA. So, I mean, they still have him under contract. But it's just the question of, you know, you mentioned it, two two ACL injuries to the same knee, and at that point, you're like, all right, how much can we trust you? How much are you the future? Are, I mean, it looks like Giannis is truly like the, the centerpiece for the franchise. As he should and then, be. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, you're like, okay, who's who's the Batman Robin? Like, where's his two guy? And it, it Jabari, Jabari looked perfect. Mm-hmm. Like This was like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. You get Milton for the spacing. Milton's your Nightwing. Yeah, there you go. And this, it, it was really starting to line up, and I could see it. But now you're like, all right. Do we need to go out there and make a move and get somebody else in case Jabari's not the same? And the one thing I, I want to bring up, because you bring up the draft, and I think that was a, a perfect transition. And, you know, looking at my my mock draft 1.0, they were sitting around 14th. Now they're at 12, according to Tankathon, uh, which is a great website. If you have yep. never checked out Tankathon, do it. They're fantastic. Um, but, yeah, Milwaukee was sitting at 14, and I'm selecting your boy Bam out of Kentucky. Yeah, he, so, he's fallen off a little, though, unfortunately. Yeah, but but now Still you know, talent. him moving up, 
that's going to be interesting because then they're going to be in the running for Harry Giles. They're going to be in the running for TJ Leaf. See, they're going to be in the running though, for Miles Bridges. That's a name, though, with Harry Giles I first thought of, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's what, one injury why, for another. Why would Pretty you much. draft Harry Giles when Jabari, it's the same injury? No, I know. I, I completely agree. But Because I wanted I'm, to I'm throw, throw the name out there. Yeah, I, I throw the names. It's, it's still a name. There. Throwing yeah. the names that are out there. And also, uh, Lori Markakanen. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's in the running too. And if you want to bring spacing, which Jabari wasn't really bringing at that that four, four no, spot, I, I love him. You can spread really that out, and you're you're bringing team length. So I think that's an interesting part. I don't know if you're looking for if if you're the Bucks, if you're looking for his replacement, but if you're more looking for shooters, because you might be okay, because I think yeah. I think the one thing that you can go for is because you have so much length. I mean, well, I think Thon kind of gives you you know, and we'll we'll wait and see how he pans out for the rest of the season. He could give now you he has time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew him for his offensive talent and his obviously his his wingspans were. Ridiculous. But what I think what you can do now is if you aren't really sure of where Jabari fits in your future, you can go to a completely different style uh, with this Milwaukee Buck team, and you can go for just complete spacing, and you can just let you know let Giannis work in the paint, let Giannis drive like he can, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. spread out this this floor. I mean, Greg Monroe's I think most likely he's going to be off the books. They just yeah. cleared up a ton of cap space, getting rid of um uh, you know one of the one of the Plumleys, uh, um yeah. and, and now they can really bring in spacing if they do want to. So it's going to be interesting. And then if Jabari does come back, they can run a, 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 a you know a, a lineup where he's at the four, and you get a guy who can shoot like Thon Maker and possibly be able to shoot like Thon Maker at the five. So it's going to be interesting to go yeah. if you are put in that position of the box where would you go would you you know rely on, on jabari coming back i i think i'd spend my lottery pick on it i would i think it's i think it's worth it at that point because i mean either, either way you're going to get depth and possibly a good shooter uh or you have your you know your future power forward going forward already mm-hmm. in one of these two guys so i i think that that's where they need to go i mean obviously you'd like to get a better uh shooting point guard um, I know you're using Giannis at the point, but the official point guard, maybe a second shooting guard, whatever you want to, yeah. whatever you want to call it out there. You need a second guard who can space the floor. I'm with you. I think that's the route they should take. I think that would really let them abuse other teams offensively. Uh, so yeah, Ricky thoughts. I'm gonna go with a big man. I'm going with the five. I'm going with Ooh. the center. And the reason why is yeah. well, I don't think that the Bucks need to overreact about this. I mean, you can take Thon. So you're not pushing the move, Yeah, no, you can move Thon over to the four. I know on the depth chart on ESPN, he's listed as a five, but you can move Thon over to the four, yeah. keep everyone else set. Like you said, they got rid of Plumlee, and really it's your next piece you're looking to move because of big contract is Greg Monroe. He is not the answer at number five, and one of the guys that – I'm going to kind of be looking at this March, especially um, seeing where Texas falls in the tournament, is Jared Allen. I think that, because I looked at Chad Fords and he had Pittman from Creighton. Yeah. I think Pittman's going to be the guy we look at. Patton. I think that Patton. I think that Jared Allen is the guy that he could be like Jared a Allen, riser. like Jared Allen in the well, NFL. He could be a well, riser <laughs> as we get to the The one thing with Patton, he's got crazy offensive skills, and, yeah. and he's really good down low, but the one thing that really is the fault with Greg Monroe is he's not that physical. I mean, for a big guy who's seven foot, he's not pulling down that many boards, poor. and he's not bringing you know he's not blocking that many shots. Jared Allen, a guy the he's guy defensive. out of Texas, he's very scrappy. Like he's a guy that's going to go and grab boards. Yeah. He's going to go and, and block shots. So he's a guy that that's more defensive minded that, that they, they were kind of looking for when they did sign Greg Monroe. So I think that could be an interesting fit, but I think it might also be a reach for him. I mean, we'll, we'll see where he pans out. All depends out. on how it. Like I said, guy to look at. March, March could be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. March could be interesting. 
interesting, but I don't even know if Texas is going to make it. But, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. But I, I think Patton offensively for his his ability that he could become, because if he's able to develop that defensive game, I think that's going to be the real interesting thing there. But any final thoughts on Jabari? Because, I mean, it, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. And it, and you said at the start, it's, he's a local kid. We watched him grow up. And I, I remember back when we were talking about him playing in high school mm-hmm. and getting hyped up and watching the mixtapes and be like, Oh my God! This kid's gonna be awesome coming out, and then he gets drafted by the Bucks, and crushing injury. Twenty-five games into his first season, it's like, oh, all right, that's right. He can come back. He's young. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He came back next year, uh, and this year he's improved a lot. Like his numbers have just kept climbing, and mm-hmm. then just goes down again. It's like, I, I hope he comes back, and I hope he can still put up twenty a night. I hope he's still that explosive offensive player, but. I'm saying my expectations on a lower end of the scale, to be honest with you. Yeah, with me, I'm going to the point I said, I don't think the Bucks make the playoffs because of this injury. I don't think that's and too far off. Yeah, so yeah. The one thing I did want to say to kind of stat correct myself on the college side is it's going to be interesting to see Allen play in March because he's probably not making the tournament. I mean, Texas is, what, 10 and 14? So unless uh, There's like 124 teams in that tournament unless, now, right? Unless they win the Big 12 Conference there's tournament, 25 weekends. they will be sitting at home come <laughs> March Madness time. Hey, uh, we, we went to March Madness. Man, that was fun. Uh, but I just want to throw that out there because uh, that was a great memory. Uh, but, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I would worry if I'm Bucks fans just because it's the second time and we don't see guys back bounce back as as, as good as wait. they were. I'm going to wait and see and what happens fair. before I, mean, Thomas I say Davis, career ender or not. Th- Thomas Davis of the Panthers did bounce back from three tears in his ACL. Mm-hmm. And he was, but he it's had a, his it's best a different season. game. It's a different game. But, again, I mean, he's very young. So, yeah. It, it, that might play into his help. That also might, also might hurt him and just end his career completely, like early. And and we hope that Jabari can bounce back because the Bucks, while you know they have fallen off a little bit in January, they were a very promising team. And yeah. you know, with Giannis, uh, I think we got all see Jabari, what they're trying to build over yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of potential there, but it's going to be interesting to see what they can do now and what they will do with Jabari's injury. But let's move on now to my favorite team in the NBA, the New York Knicks. And there's a the lot. There's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, revolving around them. I didn't want to talk about them because I don't give we a fuck about the Knicks. We have to, Sean. It's what the people to. want. It's a dumpster fire. It's a slow-mo car crash. You just you just got to watch. You can't and, look away. And, you can't and, look and away. To, and, to, and to catch people up, I know you guys most likely know, but just in case you, you've missed out in, in the past couple weeks, uh, on Wednesday night, the Knicks were taking on the Clippers, I believe, uh, at, at MSG. And about in the first quarter, about four minutes into the for- fourth quarter, Chris Tapps, Porzingis is shooting free throws, and after the first one, Chris Tapps like looks back and looks over, and then the ESPN uh, camera pans over to Charles Oakley, the Oakman, who was a uh, back in a back uh, a great New York Nick uh, back in the '90s and former Chicago Bull. Yep. Um, he was pushing security out of the way and like <laughs> getting into an altercation with security, like and then Neo was escorted the out and was escorted out, and then he got arrested that night. And everyone's like, "What is going on?" And then also there's the the, the whole stuff with Oakley and and Dolan, but there's also separate stuff with Phil Jackson and Carmelo Anthony, where Phil's calling Carmelo Anthony out on Twitter. He's just pretty much tanking. He's like confirming tweets about trade rumors. Yeah, he's just compl- he's leaking stories to the media about Carmelo being traded, how they want. Kevin Love, and it's pretty much a complete shit show in New York, and I am sick of it. Because, I mean, where do you start? Where, well, where do you real start? quick, real quick. I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to say that the New York Knicks are the worst-run franchise in NBA history. Why? Why? Give okay, me some reasons. Look at the look at the look at since two, the 2000. Okay, first okay. off, heck, no, actually, let's go back to since 1973. I'm not disagreeing. Oh, I just want to hear why. Because hey, since, hear the why. since 1973, they have not won an NBA championship. All right, they've gone to I believe the NBA Finals 
uh, twice in, since 1973. Mm-hmm. Around then, I'm not entirely sure if about not, that, but I know they have our listeners will tell. I know us. they haven't won an NBA Finals since 1973 or 1972. Um, B, you lucked into Patrick Ewing because that draft was rigged. You mean rigged hat. into, not lucked into. You rigged into. You, you it was rigged. You benefited from the rigging. Yeah. Yep. Rigged getting into, Patrick yeah. Ewing, and then you weren't able to do anything with Patrick Ewing. You had oh. terrible. What? Can I interject for one second? Yeah. yeah, they weren't able to do anything with Patrick Ewan, but they literally ran into the best basketball player of all time. Okay, well, then what about the two years that he was gone? Tim Duncan. Nope, Tim Duncan wasn't even there. Tim Duncan after Jordan nope. left? After nope. Jordan was out of the league, they That's... went up against the Spurs in the finals and lost. What it are you Tim talking Duncan about? Tim Duncan and the Admiral. What are you talking about? In 1994? Tim Duncan was in high school. No, I'm talking about after. Okay, that, I'm talking that, about 1994 was, or 1996. Okay, yeah, the dream. You're talking about the dream years. I'm talking about when he yeah. went to fucking baseball. You're talking about yes, yeah. when and they were playing the Hakeem. Up against yes, the Hakeem. Yeah, and ran, they, they weren't ran, able to win there. Ran they into the able, dream, and you weren't able to beat the fucking Magic to get the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I mean, you you were you had two shots, and you had what six shots at Jordan. I mean, you couldn't get over that Jordan hump, okay. and you couldn't get Six over the Six shots of Jordan is like... It's a lot of Jordans. Let's, let's just call him Mulligan. A lot of Jordans, he, but what? you have a lot of shots, <laughs> and you can do something as the biggest market in the United States, and the best city, apparently, in the United States, mm-hmm. but you are a poorly run franchise. Then look at the 2000s. Terrible signings. Alan Houston, Stefan Marbury, uh, Steve Starbury, Francis. Baby. Steve Francis, Amari Stoudemire. The mishandling of Carmelo Anthony. Not being able to bring in a star to New York. I mean, you look at L.A., they're able to bring in Shaq. You look at L.A., they're able to bring in Kobe and keep Kobe. They're able to bring in Paul Gasol. They're able to win championships. You look at Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland, I'll actually take out Cleveland. I don't know if that was rigged, but yeah, because they're going to rig it for Cleveland. Yeah, big yeah, market for Cleveland. They, after the decision I'm saying, you had to. I'm saying for LeBron. No, I'm saying I'm, after LeBron. I'm saying for 2003. I'm saying, no, they, I'm saying they after LeBron. LeBron. Why? why <laughs> what, what incentive did they have to rig it for Cleveland in 2003? Why did they rig it for us when we got Derrick Rose. Rose? Yeah, it's a hometown kid. It's a story. All right, get your fucking tinfoils hat, hats <laughs> off here. Uh, 85 was proven. There's videotape. Uh, and then the terrible signings. Completely terrible signings. Mm-hmm. You have a terrible owner named James Dolan. You're hiring Phil Jackson, who does not know anything about running a, a franchise. I mean, he's a fantastic Fantastic, one of the best coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. He was an okay mm-hmm. player, but I mean, he was not. He's a he's just awful, 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 awful GM. I mean, he's assembling the All Star team of 2011 in 2017. He's a terrible, terrible GM, and now he's leaking out terrible information about his star, lowering his value about said star, and now the star saying, "No, fuck you. I'm staying in New York. You're the dumbass that gave me a no trade clause, and it's your fault." I don't think, and the one thing that I am totally and also, on let me throw the back one, one of, thing out, who is who's worse than the Knicks, poorly run wise? I mean, the Nets are right there, and I mean it's the same area, but the yeah, Nets take that are. Poison pill. Wait, but what, what do you mean by how the Nets are the poor? Like the the Nets are not that like they hired uh, Billy see, King. Did you see the trade that they? That was uh, one they, trade. One trade that was the worst trade. That one trade. They're, they're feeling the impact okay, for, for but, but, <laughs> but take out the Billy King era, and they're they, I mean they're fine. I, I would say I would. They're put, fine. I would put the Knicks maybe a notch above the Nets if we're talking I franchises. But the one thing I do want to mention about Philly—they were actually, in New Jersey too—and actually bring it into relevancy of what's actually going on right now is I think Phil's a genius. I think he's a genius. What the reason why I say that has nothing to do with his. Why is he a anything? genius? Because he knows. Hey, you know what? This is a shit situation. I don't want to be here. Mello doesn't want to be here. So what I can do is I can trash Mello, get everyone pissed, 
And now it's a situation of if I walk, I don't get the money that I have. Because he's got two options, like after this year, year options. He can either walk, not get the money, or get fired if he gets fired. You're talking about Phil. Yeah, Phil. If okay. he gets them so pissed to where they fire him, he gets the money for those last two years. Okay, but what That's is, what he's how trying does this benefit do. Mello? It's not. Phil can it's, just I'm quit. saying, it, yeah, but if he quits, he doesn't get the money. Okay, and Phil Dolan fight, he's not firing him. Phil can find a job, and he's not firing him. So how does this benefit Melo? But Phil doesn't. How does want this benefit his team? How does this benefit his I career? I think Phil as a wants GM? a job. I think Phil wants the job. And I mean, Phil he can left get his job, but take the job. But it's one of those things where Phil, at this point, is like, "Fuck it." If you guys aren't going to like, I, I will sit here and tank your team. One of those things. That's what I think. The, it's all spite going back and forth between Melo, between Phil. I love it. I, I think love watching it. I. Can't stand it. I it's love it's it. ridiculous. It's, it's like ridiculous. A, it's that, like a New York soap opera. It's ridiculous that up. the biggest market in the NBA in in the United States cannot put t- together a good team. I mean, look at the Rangers. The Rangers were able to put together a good team. You get Gretzky, you get Messier. Look at the look at the Yankees, the best franchise in MLB history, winning twenty seven titles. <laughs> That's the baseball. Well, is different? Di- baseball is different because there's no salary cap. Yeah, yeah. Steinbrenner just gets thrown. Steinbrenner just threw money against the wall. And okay, but stuck. what about the NHL? There's a salary cap there. I didn't. I'm saying baseball is different. Okay, okay but just for reference, 27 uh, titles. Dave, just to reference, no one watches hockey. Yeah, I was gonna. How <laughs> <laughs> do you know that? Because I know you, big guy. I mean, no one watches hockey. Uh, NFL too. <laughs> Giants. Yeah. Maybe the Jets. No, I mean it's just take out the Jets. It, so in the last 10 years, <laughs> uh, from last year going back, uh, the worst team record wise was the Timberwolves and then the Kings. The Kings people. Timberwolves got fucked up. Knicks by... were fourth. Uh, so okay, but I the think King... the Hornets and then the and The then Kings, the small market, and before that you had Mike Bibby, Vladi Divac, Peja Stojakovic, and Doug Christie that got screwed over by the so, Lakers uh, in, the, in the Western was Conference Finals. was a 44-win season. I'm saying before that. When was this taken from? Uh, this was 2005-06 to 14-15. 2002. So this decade went to the Western Conference Finals and got screwed over by the, the refs and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, do you know what a decade is? Yeah, no, I'm saying. Years. I'm sorry. Since <laughs> He's this millennium. Like one year. Yeah. This millennium. That's why, I, that's why I went 10 years. This I millennium. 10 years. Okay, this millennium. T-Wolves got screwed over by KG. I'm KG just, left and he's gone. That's great. I'm just saying they, they are saying not well-run in, in franchises. History. I'm saying in the history. They're not well-run franchises. Okay, but I'm in saying. In recent history. In okay, the last 10 years, I'm, they've done nothing. The Knicks have done nothing either. The Knicks have one have more game. Two, what they have two. Carmelo games? dragged them to. They had two game, two more, like well, two playoff appearances. I think the yeah. big thing is like, and with me, the Knicks and Minnesota is also a small market. Sacramento is a small market. With Knicks and the Kings Mello. are an awful franchise. Yes, I we've talked about that before. What I think, and this is what I'm bringing it back in, reeling in it, is with Melo and let's even say just the Knicks organization. It's kind of both parties are at fault because. Not that long ago, Mello was like, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to see here. I'm going to see there. You know what? I want to come back and win for New York. But then he takes all Why do I feel money. like you're talking like you're, it was one you're like Donald Trump? <laughs> I want to come back. <laughs> no, I mean, it's New York. He had Trump Tower. But, I mean, <laughs> one of the things is I just think that I feel like in a lot of these conversations, people like to make Mello out like, oh, poor Carmelo. Oh, no. I, poor I think, Carmelo. I think Mello's completely overrated. Boo-hoo. I'm thinking Mello's completely overrated. But if Phil Jackson's like, hey, I'm going to back up a ton of money to your door. You're going to live <laughs> in the place that your wife loves to live. And I'm going to give you a no-trade clause. 
I think Melo would be stupid to say no. Mm-hmm. I think Melo would be absolutely stupid to say no. It depends because, on what you value. Because while while I I think Melo shouldn't be saying I want to be traded because you're the one who signed the no trade clause. Mm-hmm. You're the one that signed right. that contract. If you wanted to stay in New York, then you stay in New York. You don't bitch about it. I I think I think Melo is a complete whiner. And I think Melo needs to you know stop talking when it comes to being wanted out of New York because you had the opportunity to go out of New York. Yep. I think Phil Jackson's at fault right now because he's the one leaking these stories. He's tanking Melo's trade value. I mean you. You are literally now talking about Mello being a mm-hmm. salary dump, and that's all he is. You're not talking about Mello where he used to be, where he used to get Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, I mean, yep. now you got pudgy Carmelo. I mean, this is this is a just complete shit show, and not even talking about James Dolan, who is egotistical, who just wants to be the spotlight, who is taking time off in the offseason to, to work on Look, his band. It's a business. Yeah, it it's is his not... business, but he's, not, he's a dumbass. He's, he's... he's running it into the ground. <laughs> You have the biggest market in the in the United States mm-hmm. and aren't able to bring in any free agent. Name the biggest free agent they've been able to bring in. Yeah. That's it, been it, successful. You had no knees of Mari Stoudemire. Well, you had Stefan Marbury. Let me, throw, let me throw this out there. And this is if you are a herd watcher like myself. He asked this for like the last 10 years, it seems like. I know it's a little bit of an exaggeration. But like the herd always throws out, when it comes to free agents coming to New York, isn't that something to say nobody wants to play with Carmelo? Isn't that Is what that But even means? before that, even before that, he brings in Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was a dud of a head coach. Yeah, but I felt I feel like before Melo came to New York, mm-hmm. at least the Knicks were like you mentioned like Stefan Marbury, all these bad signings, but at least people and players wanted to come to New York. Now that Melo's there, I feel like yeah, it's, Noah. nobody wants to come there. The Amari the Amari hype I, I don't disagree with you, but I also think that's because of the history the Knicks have. I think the Knicks, See, I the Knicks I have a history of bad decisions. I, I understand I what you're play, saying. I don't think players right now worry about the history. They're not going back well, to the 90s. They're but focused I'm on saying, saying because I'm saying in, staying in the 2000s, they've been a fucking train wreck. Yeah, no, no, I, I see what Ricky's saying though. Because Even Latrell Car- Spiral, I'm, I just, I, I, yeah, the dude choked out a coach. We know you're, you're giving me all these this time to think of bad Nick signings. It's not hard. Just keep giving. It's, me. Not, it's not hard. hard. Go on, Dave. Ricky's talking about who wants. Oh Jesus Christ! Who wants to go play with one of the most selfish players in the NBA? Mm-hmm. How does that help you? Because mm-hmm. and and think about this on top of that. Okay, so say I do want to play with a guy as selfish as Carmelo Anthony offensively, and you know he's he's gotten a little better. His assist numbers have gone up a smidge, so maybe he passes a little ball more, but. Still, you look at that and go, all right, so A, I got to be in New York. Pretty awesome. I mean, it's not the location of everybody wants to go be in, like, L.A. or Miami. Like, those are the ideal, like, where's the nicest place in the U.S. to live? L.A., Miami. Sure. And then, okay. So but also New, New York, York is, is pretty nice. I New York it's, is, is. It's like a close fourth. But, like, looking at it, why, like, New York is don't the care. city. It's, if, it's the Mecca. I know. Yeah, it's the Mecca. But, again, it's okay. So, it's look the at the situation. Why would you want to go play with him if you're going to run to the buzzsaw that is the Eastern Conference LeBron James Finals? I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree so with that. It, but it's also, hard to pull in top talent when you have to convince them that, no, no, you plus Carmelo is going to win us a championship. But, well, but, but also, but Carmelo hasn't done anything yet. Can, well, I, can I mention can one do thing? This. The Knicks don't have to re-sign Melo. The Knicks don't have to keep Melo. And that was the Knicks a, can make the decision well, to say, hey, Melo, get and the fuck that, out. And that is a mistake but on how the do, Knicks. How does that make the Knicks a better team and when, when that signing well, happened, if we're saying that Melo signed him, let's go back in time. Okay, but you can, you you can either deal. you can either uh, hash out that there's no, no trade clause, clause, so you can trade him and move him if he is hurting your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have you can make the you cannot make the trade in the first place. 
I mean, do you well, don't no, have to he, trade he's on the, the first place? He's on the Knicks. So okay, I'm, I'm the... not letting you go that far back. So you're just... going back 20, before the 2014-2015 season. Yeah. I mean, when what, he re- in what, what, what scenario would you not want one of the most athletically, if he's, athletically if he's one of the hurting most offensively ability, gifted teams? If he's hurting your ability to advance your team, you just said it. You, nobody wants to play with Carmelo, so but why do you want York, to sign him? The, the whole point is New York, you need to have a draw. And I think that's the pressure that's being put on Phil Jackson and why they had to go out there and why they keep making these bad signings is because they're grasping on to try to stay relevant. I feel like it's what we're seeing in Chicago right now where it's just like sign names because we need to be relevant. We need people to come give us money. And it doesn't matter. Your team's not going to win a championship. But, as long as you can keep it interesting, but people look at give LA. you money. But look at L.A. L.A. fucking tanked. L.A. tanked. L.A. tanked to build what they currently are trying to build here. But they, they had literally this, one, one of the top ten greatest players of all time in Kobe Bryant there. They got to watch him play out his entire career. They got to watch Shaq and Kobe. Then they got to watch the old man Lakers team. Then they got to watch Kobe and Gasol. Like, they had the rings. They had that. So you get that leeway with the fan base. New York, you said it, hasn't won since 73? Since like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay. That's a fan base that, A, fucking hates you at that point. But they're still loyal as hell. So, like, if you have a fan base so, that loves you that much, you want to give them something good on the court. You can't go if you all out and just give, say, hey, look, we're going to tank. Especially if, if the league has punished the 76ers and has pretty much... If you wanted to give them something good Disavow to, that if whole you strategy. wanted to give them something to watch, you'd give them something to watch for twenty years and not a shit show that's going on with D Rose, Carmelo, and and even you have Chris Stapps. I mean, Chris Stapps can draw in a little bit. I mean, Chris Stapps is still a phenomenal player. I mean, he's he's going to be severely hurt if he doesn't have players like D Rose and Carmelo, but he's also not going to be able to take that next step of leading a team. I mean, right. I just I, I look at the Knicks and you see the the you see Dolan and just he's calling out Oakley for Oakley's alcoholism. I mean, does Oakley want that public? Just leave that leave that oh, in no, the dark. No, there, there will be lawyers involved. I think I was listening to uh, ESPN Radio mm-hmm. like in this in the afternoon on the ride home and uh, yeah, they're like the the stuff that Dolan was saying about the alcohol problems, the rage problems. I don't he was know saying, if it's he was true saying, about the fights outside of. Uh, like he, he gets yeah, in altercations o- because of his anger issues. Oakley's been, I think, in a couple of altercations. But also, yeah. I mean, Oakley. He was saying that Oakley was saying racial and sexual things, yep. and everyone around him was like, "No, Oakley was fine." And then just guys came over because Oakley is trash. And James Dolan. I mean, James Dolan is an egotistical maniac who just wants to make money. And I, I'm not blaming him that and you hear he about wants the Oakley to make alert, money. You know, the man should be alerted anytime Oakley <laughs> comes in the in the building. Yeah, and I'm, that was up to this point. Now he's banned from the building at this point. I'm not blaming him for for wanting to make money. Yeah. But I think that New York Knicks fans should want James Dolan out of power because he's making stupid decisions. Isaiah Thomas, Derek Fisher, Phil Jackson. I mean, there's a consistent th- trend of making terrible decisions. Cor- uh, well, signings going of players, into Phil signing, of- like, who, okay, we've only watched this man succeed. He won as a player. He won as a coach with multiple organizations. Mm-hmm. I know that. VP of basketball operations is a new role and he's never done it before. Yeah. And he's been extremely critical of those who were in that role in the past. Uh, so it's a, it's an interesting thing to say that it's a bad move at the time because when it, when it initially happened, we're like, okay, Zen master's coming back and he can bring some structure. He knows how to win with, he knows how to win mm-hmm. as an organization. So he can bring this culture to New York. He mm-hmm. can get us back on the right track. And I totally bought in and, as far as the you know the people talk about, oh, he just did for the money. Look, if he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't have done it. He left L.A. He left his home, his family, and you know cool. recently he's you know was public about his breakup with his mm-hmm. wife. And I feel like were they like, married? Oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever, yeah. marriage or relationship, Genie. relationship. We can yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like all this stuff is hitting the fan at once. I'm sure that doesn't help him, but 
at the time of the signings, both he and Carmelo, I feel like both of them were the most logical move. Now, at this point, you can go, all right, well, it's time for us to split. Right. But this time, okay, maybe it's time I for mean, us to split because maybe I, I know Dolan came out saying he wouldn't fire him, but like, look, Phil, you might just have to admit this role isn't for me. This isn't where I can mm-hmm. help an organization. And I mean, but he's also, thing, real quick, that I just want to throw in that, that Phil Jackson wants to be a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. Phil, uh, he uh, wants to be a coach, but he doesn't want to be responsible Riley, Pat, to sit on the sideline. Pat every Riley game. knew when to step in. Phil Jackson doesn't know when to step in. He's stepping on toes. Well, yeah. Phil Jackson kind of seems like the. He's the micromanager where it's like, okay, I'll let you coach. No, 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 wait, you're not doing He's that parent you're doing that's it wrong. like, he's like, okay, okay, yeah. okay, sweetie, go do your project. No, 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 no. I, you well, know just give me the markers. I'll, I'll just yeah. do it. I'll just yep. do it. It'll do right. Do you want to color inside the, the one thing, The one thing that I was looking at is when Dave right, asked the question funny. of, go, I back, I go back to 2014, what would you do? And I just pulled up the free agent list. Yep. And going down, this is a CBS list of they ranked them. So, obviously, the more important ones are going to be at the top. LeBron James, he went to Cleveland. He wasn't going to go to New York. Not a chance. Chris Bosh. Now, that's one where I feel like the Knicks could have probably drew him away from Him and Wade were pretty close. But would you have wanted to, knowing that Bosh isn't playing right now? Nowitzki wasn't going to be drawn away from the the Mavericks. Not a chance. Kyle Lowry, maybe you could have drew him away from Toronto. Maybe the thing is here is we're dealing with maybes. They didn't sign there. They didn't fucking sign. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, could they have made a better move? Could they have made a better move? Is what I'm going off. They could have. Do you want? This is what I should say. And the one guy I did see mm -hmm. that might have been like, okay, that would have been one. And I'm not exactly sure if he was restricted because he was coming off of a entry level deal. Isaiah Thomas. That was the year he got the contract that he's currently on with the Celtics. To be fair, he was unrestricted because I think he got traded. Yeah, at the time, he also wasn't valued anywhere near what he is now. Oh, another bad signing for the Knicks, uh, Bargnani. Thank you. Just, Thank you. Just Jose Calderon. <laughs> Who says no? Who says no? I, I, you're better just in, helping better me. Better experience. You're just helping me. Uh. I mean, the thing is, is just you. I, I look at the Knicks and I think they are the worst run NBA franchise because you are in the biggest city mm-hmm. in the NBA. You are you're in the biggest city in the United States. <laughs> yeah. You're in the mecca. You're in the place where all business happens. Carmelo's there because he wants to build his brand. His wife's there because she wants to build her brand. Yep. LeBron James should be salivating to be going to New York. I understand there's the hometown ties mm-hmm. and that he had that, but you know if he didn't have those hometown ties he should probably be you know oh my god oh my god the reason why jordan wasn't ever tempted by new york is because chicago was the third largest market in the mm-hmm. nba he wasn't tempted by la because they weren't you know chicago's still let big me, enough let market. me put it let me put it this way do you think that in 2014 new york could have realistically drawn lebron away from the no. kind of idealism of going no home? he no he had, i'm saying he if, if, he, if he won a finals in cleveland before he went to miami then maybe so like, but, he, but he did choose but, dwayne wade over Carmelo Anthony. True. He did. We're yeah. going way back now, but... Yeah, but I'm... I'm going not. back seven years? Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not making that argument. But what I'm trying to say, though, is... I mean, and, but you, also... You were all in on that But one. also that... I, that, I that, thought he was... I thought we had a shot. The Bulls That goes towards the, the genius Thanks of Pat Riley. Him. I mean, Pat Riley is just a mastermind. He is. I mean, look what makes Miami's you, doing I think right that, now. I think it makes you respect uh, guys who are in the role who are succeeding now and make you... Yeah, that's not not so easy of a uh, not so easy of a job there, Phil. You no, know, because he was not. he was super critical of Krauss at the time, mm. and he absolutely hated dealing with them. Mm-hmm. In L.A., it was similar, uh, not not as bad, but it was yeah. still like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna point some things out that here here's where you could do better for me. And now he's in the role where 
He can't. He can't do it. Yeah. He just can't do it. I'm gonna get so much shit for talking crap about the Nets. I don't care. You no, know I, what? I, 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 I name one of those players who succeeded. You know? I'm not. Like, Carmelo hasn't even succeeded. Well, I mean, Carmelo, what you what you call succeeding for Carmelo? He's. I would take he's Nuggets Mellow over lot of New York Mellow. Like, my final thoughts is I'm not against you. They are a terrible run franchise. Yep. I would say they're the worst. I just don't think they're the worst because I think that, like, to me, I would put the Nets as the worst run franchise in the league. But, hey, that's just, it's all opinion. I am going to say the Knicks, they are a terrible run franchise, except for the one pass I will give them in the 90s is, what, six of those Nine years yeah. they had to run against the best player in the NBA of Reggie. that era, and Reggie that one year. I will, <laughs> Reggie I will, couldn't beat him the first year, but he got him the second. Year. I Too will, bad it wasn't the conference. Yeah. One, one thing that I will throw out is um, for Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, you had the worst GM in the history of the NBA, and yeah. Billy King. Yep. Uh, to New Jersey, New Jersey's a piece of shit. Yeah. So yeah. just New yeah. Jersey. I mean, yeah, you like New just, York's butthole. You just exactly. Staten I mean, that's, Island. That's a garbage. It's not even Staten Island. Staten Island's still New York. New Jersey. <laughs> he, he wants to go Jersey Shore. Just let him go <laughs> Jersey Shore. New Jersey's just trash. New Jersey's just completely trash. And then Dude, I mean, Jim Tan Laundry. That's all Jesus I hear. Jim Tan. But, but I still even, think. But now even Brooklyn's <laughs> making moves with Sean Marks. I, I think that they, they're I think at least they're making, things up. They're, they're, they're making an they're effort. They're pushing towards the right way. And even look at when they were in New Jersey, Jason Kidd, uh, Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, they had to have a shot. And they, they made it to a finals and lost to the Lakers, right? Or am I completely forgetting that wrong? I'm, I'm going to look it up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they won the conference title in, in 2012 and in 2013. So they went back-to-back finals against the Spurs and the Nets. So, I mean, they were able to get there. They just weren't able mm-hmm. to get over the hump of Kobe. That, that's why and, I'm going with uh, the Kings. I think the Kings are the worst-run franchise. But even the Kings back in 2012. Or, not 2012, I'm sorry. Uh, 2002. 2002. Hey, when was they the last were, There time? were some bad when calls the last, away. When, the la- when was the last time the Knicks were in the fucking Eastern Conference Finals? A little a bit further. Long a little bit further. Ago. long time ago. I wasn't even born. At least I, I was a fan of the Kings but, back then. But again, it's the Kings are continuously bad, and there's no so hope the for them. But there's no fucking hope for the Kings. There's At no hope, the hope for the fucking Knicks. Uh, so the Knicks okay, have been a hey, playoff hey. team. Yeah, what, say, but how many times were we like, yeah, the Knicks can? The yeah, Knicks but, can. but being but a playoff team, make the playoffs, boogie, over being goose egg. a top five pick. So, so you want to argue boogie Kings. versus uh, versus Carmelo at this point because you were mm-hmm. basically saying they're they're similar guys. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, Sacramento is a slightly smaller town than New York. Boogie's younger, and that's one thing. I mean, you look at Sacramento. Who the fuck wants to go to Sacramento? But and they, they, the problem is they haven't drafted anybody good enough. Yeah, that's the GM's fault. That's the owner's fault. There's they they, can't get anybody there. I'm not gonna argue. Isaiah Thomas was there, wasn't he? They drafted him. Yeah, yeah. They drafted him. Where where'd he go? Because they, they traded him. him. Yeah. They traded him. So so you got rid of the guy. Who I'm not actually defending was. the Knicks. You know me. I'm just they trying to say that fucking Papa Giannis. Yep. Just Papa saying. John's. Papa John's. They drafted Papa John's. I'm saying the Knicks have done this consecutively for, for years. Years, 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 years. Since right, so you, you got the Knicks as your it's, worst run organization. I got the Kings, and you've got the... I, I want to go, go with the Nets. It used to be the Cubs in sports, but they were they were no, able to finally turn the table. I, don't think they, I think it was because they were poorly run. I just think... Yeah, that, they were uh, the worst run franchise. That's what I'm saying. They were the worst the, run there franchise. Was a, there was a certain C word, but a before, curse that got but in bef- way. But, oh no, God, but I'm even saying before Epstein... Before Theo, they were the worst run franchise. You can't disagree with that. And then you we, finally got some some hope with Theo. We just made a lot of bad moves. We just made because a lot you of bad were a moves. poorly run franchise. Uh, we at least we got free agents to come in. 
they just didn't pan out for us. But so you're the New York Knicks. You need no. you need you need that change. You need that, that that culture change in New York, and you need it badly. You need to to just drain everything. I mean, there, there's drain something. The swamp. Oh, there's God, something to say that I, I want to, to, to avoid it. Just, avoid it. Mm, um, at home. But yeah, no, I, I, I just smack the nail in when you put I, it. I think there. I think the <laughs> if we're looking at poorly run franchises, I think the Bulls and the Knicks do stick out. You're you're looking at me that in, overall the. Bulls are a poorly I'm not run saying they're. I'm not saying they're. They're. I mean, you like did the, one of the worst run franchise, but they're poorly run. Yeah. you can't say they're not. Yeah, well, right now they are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, thought we were I'm talking saying, longer I'm than saying, like a no, year. I'm saying or two. they're parallel. They're parallel. Okay, they're parallel where they they draw they bring in names just to stay relevant. All they want to do is sell out tickets, and they happen into luck with some draft picks, but they're never able to get over that hump because of terrible owners and Reinsdorf and Dolan and terrible GMs and Garpax and, and Phil Jackson and previous before that, I believe Isaiah Thomas had some role in in player. Development, right? He wasn't just the head coach. I, I just I don't remember even know anymore. There was there was terrible, terrible decisions in New York, and they they need to. I just clean up. I feel like the Knicks will not be able to get past this until either management changes or if Melo's gone. I Mello think, needs I think to both leave. Need to happen. I think both need to happen. Like Mello, I think, like yeah. I don't think New York's ever going to bring somebody in that's not drafted, that's of quality. While Mello is still in a Knickerbocker jersey, I think both need to happen. I think both need to happen bad. And please, please, please let this be the last time we talk about the Knicks because I'm so sick of talking about the Knicks. But let's move on now to the draft. And specifically, we're going to be talking about two players today. We're going to be talking about Josh Jackson from Kansas, small forward. And we're also going to be talking about Dennis Smith, the point guard from NC State. We're going to jump in and talk about Josh Jackson first. And the guy that reminds me, or at least if we're talking about most similar to last year, we're going to talk about. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Thanks for running that one. Just a little wind out of um, sales there. Chief. But yeah, I mean, comparing it to last year and drawing, uh, you know, kind of, you know, lines, there, there was the top two in Simmons and Ingram who were guys who can ha- have the ball in their hands. You know, they were they were pretty much the top two. Mm-hmm. And then to, mm-hmm. this year you have Ball and Fultz. You really took the wins out of the sale because now I'm completely out of it. Uh, you have Ball and F- Fultz. And then after them you have... You know, Jalen Brown was the third pick overall last year, who was long, athletic, made his money, drive to the basket, was kind of underdeveloped size wide, and was kind of underdeveloped shooting wise. And now third size wise, he was good because you know the fact that he he had well, the he NBA small. body. Well, he, but he was small. Like he didn't have the the he didn't have the the muscles. Is yeah. what I'm saying he wasn't yeah. he wasn't built yet for for the NBA. Fair enough. And, and with Josh Jackson, you know, looking who's right behind Ball and Fultz. Is Josh Jackson. So really what I'm asking is, do you see the similarities that I'm throwing out there? Do you think that he is similar to Jalen Brown as Jalen Brown was last year going into the draft? I think he has a similar stock to uh, Jalen Brown. I don't know if they're similar play styles exactly. They're not quite, but I think Josh Jackson has potential to be something that Jalen Brown isn't, and that is someone who is a, a whole lot more effective around the boards. He's a whole lot more active down low than Jalen Brown is. So on the one end, he gives you that, but he's also not as explosive off the ball as Jalen Brown is. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're so, like the comparison height, weight, build is kind of close, but I think the play styles differ a little bit. The The one thing I like about uh, Josh Jackson as of late is his consistency. Uh, just in the last week, you know, 18 points, 15 points, 23, 20, 22. And during that time, he had, he had a three straight games of 10, 10 boards. I mean, that is just hella production right there. And yeah. against Baylor, Kentucky, Iowa State, okay, bluff game, but they, they took him to OT. And they lost. And uh, they lost. But yeah. the, the, the one the game that stuck out to me was the Baylor game because that was a huge game. Two it was versus, a statement game. Yeah, it was two versus three. It was in Allen Fieldhouse. 
but it was the game where Josh Jackson really did lead him, lead, lead Kansas to a win because you saw him step up big. Mm-hmm. He had this huge dunk. It was ridiculous. Going yep. baseline uh, in the second half, it was it was phenomenal. Uh, but no, no. but looking at him, I, I understand where it comes from, and, and they differ in, in some ways. I think Jalen was a better free-throw shooter, uh, but Josh Jackson's a better three-point shooter, uh, and I think Josh Jackson has overall the best f- field goal percentage. But looking at those two players, I see Josh Jackson as a more polished Jalen Brown, where he's not going to come in as raw as Jalen well, Brown. That, we were completely that, wrong about Jalen Brown. Well, and that's just it. I don't think we were completely wrong. I was. I mean, I'll say he was. You said he was a bust. I said he was a bust. I just, trash, to me, yeah. the big thing about Jalen Brown was... The two negatives that they had on the ESPN draft profile yep. is that he didn't have a great jump shot, had to improve it. Yep. And to me, his handling was the best part. Like, you have to have handles to play in the NBA. If you're constantly losing the ball, constantly turning it over, yep. especially when one of your strengths is, and I quote, an impressive slasher, finisher at the rim. If I see that and then you need to improve your handles, I go, well, then you're not, like, how often are you finishing at the rim? Because I can just knock it loose because your handles. I think... But the thing that I do find funny is I have both profiles l- l- pulled up right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there are there are some parallels. Like, for Josh Jackson, you see incredible motor. Well, for Jalen Brown, they just said excellent motor. So mm. both of their motors are there. They're both guys who motor. are... Yep. They're both guys that... Josh Jackson's a good slasher. Jalen Brown is an impressive slasher. Both need to improve their jump shot. The thing that's different and the reason why I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to say that, oh, Josh Jackson's going to be a better version of Jalen Brown, but the one thing I will say is why I'm not questioning Josh Jackson like I did Jalen Brown is because I see things like high basketball IQ and I see excellent passer. I see those two things along with unselfish. This is a guy that's not only going to get to the hoop and score. He's going to be looking for teammates to get others involved. That was the thing I was going to bring up is is why I have more faith in Josh Jackson. Why Mm -hmm. I feel feel he's more polished is because of his leadership. Because of his leadership. Because I, we really didn't see Jalen Brown need to be that big of a leader last year at Cal Mm -hmm. because I don't think they made the tournament or they if they did they were one and done. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't exactly remember, but or they were a bubble team. But where. Um, Josh, Josh is really Jackson, in the spotlight. He's in Kansas, man. I mean, this is he's a not team come, that always kind of plops. But he, but he's stepping into. I mean, he's not stepping into Cal. He's not stepping into a team that mm-hmm. really has never you know outshined. I mean, yep. he's stepping into Kansas. He's stepping into a, a historic program, and he led this team in that Baylor game. That was the the, the game that really sticks out to me. Where I'm not going to question the other game. I mean, he can he could slip up, and the tournament's going to tell a little bit more of what kind of a leader he was. But mm-hmm. he was the guy that was composed after the game. He did the interview with. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Shelly Smith, mm-hmm. um, and, and he was just composed, and he was like, you know, it, it's not just me, it's the guys around me, but and he, he talked about his leadership and how he does feel like he, he he needs to step up and he needs to be the guy, and he didn't seem afraid of it. And, and he, they, win, they win that Baylor game, and he just looked ridiculous. I, I, I just see him, and I don't have as many mm-hmm. questions as Jalen Brown. I think, he, I, I think he's similar in the way that, you know, they do need to work on, on similar games. They do have, you know, the, the, the same positives are, are there, but I just I don't question him because he doesn't question himself. I want to see what happens in the conference tournament for Kansas, and I want to see how Josh Jackson Can he plays. continue to take well, over games? It's not just that. It's Kansas when we get to conference tournament and then the tournament. Besides the... I want to go all the way back when it was the first ever video me and you ever did. And we're talking about Kentucky, Kansas. Mm. 
Kansas, to me, has always been a team where it's like, yeah, they might win a game or two, but they're not going to go to the Final Four. Yeah. They're a team that I just expect to get upset. And the one thing, Sean, I did look at, Cal last year was a four seed, oh. but you might not remember that because they lost to Hawaii in the first round. That's what it was. I knew they Damn. They, they lost to Hawaii. The score was like something. My bad, Cal They scored fans. 66 points in that game was how many points Cal scored. And Brown scored. either didn't play or had like— he, I don't think he, he played in that one. Yeah, because he, he was injured yeah. or, or he, he wanted to take—that's I, I, what it was. was. Uh, but yeah. they lost to Hawaii in that first-round game. But and that getting, was one thing. Josh Jackson does have the injury problems. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown did. Getting back to Josh Jackson, though, I want to see how he he and Kansas play in the Big Ten ter- or Big 12 tournament, pardon me, and then in the actual tournament. That mm-hmm. is going to be my big barometer— until we get to the draft workouts in the off season, yeah, I, I think I think Josh Jackson's a, a a very he's he's just he's gifted, and I don't know if he's going to be able to take that and, and score like he has been able to mm-hmm. in college. I don't know if he's going to be you know better than Jalen Brown. I don't know that, but at least from a prospect stand standpoint, I'm not questioning him his, as much as I, I, I think have. He, I think he's a, like a half tick above him as far as a prospect mm-hmm. coming out of college. And I think the one thing I want to see going forward. Is that dominance? Is that ability to be the go-to guy with the ball in his hand, scoring? And I want to watch him. Like, I think it's more he's, he's, situational he's, stuff as well. He doesn't need to prove that he's going to go out and score twenty-five a night. It's more. See, that's of, I think he does. But I think he I needs think, to go out there and become the guy, and just that's him. I it's think. Kansas, I think if him. He, I think if he leads his team to victory, I think that's enough in my books. If if he if he has a terrible game like Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum in that in that Duke mm-hmm. North Carolina game, nineteen points in the second half. That's huge. That, oh, yeah. that sticks out huge to me. If Josh Jackson can have a performance where he's able to lead Kansas back and step up in a big moment, like that game that goes into OT against Iowa State, yeah. if he wins him, it wins him that game in OT. That just adds to his draft profile. That, yep. That's what I, I'm looking forward to. But why? Why does he need to be scoring for you? Uh, I think one of the things is you you really need to impress and kind of show off the fact that you are a better shooter than people give you credit for. That you can take over a game offensively because when, when I think about today's NBA. There's more and more uh, focus being put on offensive play and less to defensive play, and the 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 refing continues to uh, heavily weigh in that mm-hmm. direction. So I feel like the direct, the, I feel like the future of basketball, you really need to be a, a very efficient offensive player, and he has the ability to do that. And not only does he have the build to do that, mm-hmm. but he can also go back. He's pretty good on the offensive boards, which is not something you're going to get out of everybody who gives you that effort down low. So yeah. I really want him to continue growing his offensive game and keep showing that consistently. Because, look, he's he's had like three or four bad games this year, like really bad stinker games. But when you get him a, early on and you get him really like all in on the game in the first couple possessions, you feed him and he gets hot and you just you you get a different guy. Yeah. And that's why I, I want to watch him keep doing. The one reason why I'm totally not going to jump on that bandwagon of he needs to take over a game mm-hmm. is because when I think of Mar- March Madness, the big thing I look at is three-point shooting. March Madness when, is all about guards. When you get when you get to that time, it's okay, late in the game, who can shoot the better three ball? And usually it's, it is the guards that can shoot the better March three Madness ball. March Madness is purely built around and guards. It has been when, for the last decade. And when I look at this Kansas team— I see a guy like Frank Mason the third who is averaging more points Wisconsin. from Josh Jacks. Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky. Those aren't guys. I know, but it's they had two guys who were standout players. And, and I'll give it they lose to they lost to Duke, who had guards, who had Grayson Allen, who had his coming out party. Yeah. Who was a guard. Ricky, what were you saying? Frank Mason the <laughs> third, on the other hand, 
averaging four more points this season than Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to, like, when the game's on the line, Mason's going to be the guy they go to. It's not going to be a design for Jackson because Mason's all, like, he's the true leader. Not that, and I'm not taking anything away from Josh Jackson, but Mason's the guy who's been there. He's the veteran leader. He's the scoring leader. And also, when you look at his three-point numbers, 51% compared to 35 for Josh Jackson. I think Mason's the one going to take that final shot. I think Wisconsin even beat Kentucky because of their guard play. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> um, going back to Josh Jackson and more of well, – and one thing, too, with his shooting, I mean, that's something the guys can improve. I mean, he's 18, 19 years old. He's going to mm-hmm. be able to improve his shot. What? I mean, he's going to be able to step up and improve that free throw percentage. He's going to be able to shoot – able to uh, – you know, he doesn't have a wonky – And that's – look. He's not like, you mentioned, he's not like shooting yeah. like Lonzo Ball and shooting at a terrible, yeah, terrible like percentage. He does Buddy have the stroke. used to shoot before yeah, correct. Yeah, I don't think he's got a shooting problem. I with think he's just got hand. a – but yeah, I don't think he's got, he's got the he's got a nice stroke. He's got a nice mm-hmm. shot. It's just it's not going in for right. him. I think that efficiency can come. And the three point you mentioned up until this last really you know six games, he hasn't been taking consistent mm-hmm. shots at three. In these last six, he was two of five, four of four, two of five. Two he of takes four, them when they're open. One of three and two of three. And before that, there's so many games where it's like. One of three, one of two. Yeah, he's not zero, zero. He's one, not going to be zero, the guy one, to jack you know? He's not. Yeah, yeah he's it's not, not going to be game. Like, but yeah. like you said, if it's open, you're not going to pass that yeah, up. He's not. Days. He's not like Fultz, who's Fultz, who's taking like every shot uncontested. He's not yeah. going to be like Lonzo Ball taking mm-hmm. a step back, thirty foot jumper. <laughs> the the thing is, is that I just yeah. think that he, is, since he mm-hmm. is so young, he will be able to well, to, to, to to develop that shot. Yeah. And just the last thing I want to say to go off of what mm-hmm. you were saying, Sean, um, before the three point numbers was. I looked at, and this is going back to Jalen Brown a little bit to kind of bring it full circle, is when I looked at Jalen Brown last year, I'm going to say improve his jumper. It's a wash for both of them because I feel like unless you're a dead-eye shooter, everyone coming into the NBA can do a little bit to improve their jumper. But when I see something like, oh, can improve his handles, I see something that's more of a skills issue. And it's one of those things where it's like if you can't – if you're losing the ball and can't handle it in the speed of college, what's going to happen when the guys are quicker, bigger, faster, think, stronger in the NBA? But mm-hmm, when I see mm-hmm. the kind of things on Josh Jackson's sheet where it's things like he struggles with the flow as a scorer and can get overly aggressive and lead to foul trouble, those are things that to me aren't necessarily skills. It's more That's mental like and immaturity. Up here, yep. And that can be molded. Yeah, he's yeah. got the skills. As as, he just needs to be molded. As far as the handles thing, I think one of the uh, most interesting things about having good handles in college is you'll see a lot of these guys who hit their growth spurt a little bit later. They were mostly playing guard growing up because you always see guys who you know hit that growth spurt mm-hmm. and they were guard, guard, guard. Oh, now I'm a forward, mm-hmm. and it's just you hit that point, and those guys carry over that skill of. I'm used to having the ball in my hands. I'm very fluid with it. I know how to control it well. So I think that's one of those things where he wasn't. He never really got stuck in that role where he was like the one guard for his team. So mm-hmm. he, and that's I feel like unless you were unless you had the opportunity, you're probably gonna have you know need to improve handle because yeah his turnover numbers aren't pretty right now. But I think that for the most part he does a decent enough job. And the one thing that I want to say because I know people are gonna say you know Jalen Brown's a bigger guy than Josh Jackson, but. The thing that we that that I want to bring up, Ricky, and before we get into where Josh Jackson will actually go, uh, it's more of we we see you know the the assets, we see the wingspan, we see the size. Mm-hmm. But me and you, we, we were watching a game uh, for for you know for, for something, and we saw a guy that was six nine, and there was a teammate that he had that was listed at six nine, 
But the guy mm-hmm. who was there was a, there was another player six nine. He was just built, and you were like, he's got NBA size. Well, there's something there's something with Josh Jackson that it feels like he knows how to use his size. He knows how to use his length in a more effective way than Jalen Brown knew how to use his size. Well, and that's it. And I'm going to go ahead and say because we can say the team we were watching was Robert Morris. Yeah, and that was it. It was Darius Paul. We were watching one of their games, and it's just when you have that body, it's different than when you don't. And the thing that Josh Jackson is. Yeah, he doesn't have that thing where it says in the profile, oh, he's got an NBA body, but he's still going to be a very athletic wing for a team that drafts him. And now let's get into the important question. Where do you see him going? Is he a top five pick? Is he a top three pick? Do you see a specific team that he fits well with? Because in my last mock draft, I had him going to Phoenix because they had the third overall do you pick. Tank, do you have Tankathon right now? I do up? have Tankathon Give me the open. top five from five to Boston, yeah, Give me from one to five. Boston, Phoenix, LA, Philly, Orlando. I don't and think that's going to change. I don't think, yeah. Bo- like, as of right now, I don't think he's Boston not, takes them. I yeah, don't he's think not gonna Phoenix be takes them. I think one, two are pretty locked up. Who's three, four, five? I, I don't know if two. Like, Fe- no, no, no I'm saying it's Markel oh, and then it's Ball. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. One way or the other, it's yeah. those two. Who's three, 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 Laker, five? Lakers, Philly, Orlando. I don't see him going to Philly. I could see. I I could see Best Philly available. I could t- see you Philly. see Philly <laughs> if the Lakers. Where's the spacing on that fucking team? Oh, he's a Bulls fan. That's if it. The yeah. Lakers don't. don't care about if the Lakers don't take him, I could see Philly just taking him just because he's the BPA. See, yeah, I, I think I think they're gonna go Dennis. And the guy we're gonna talk about later. Smith. Huh? I think. Uh, yeah, but I, so even though the Lakers have uh, Randall and Nance, I, I don't totally buy into Randall. I think Nance is gonna be a good energy guy, but I don't know if he'll ever be that starter guy you rely on. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Josh Jackson absolutely could fit that role. Well, I see I see that he can fit that role because I, I think they should be going guard for sure. I, I don't know if they'll go Dennis Smith because you look at Ingram and, you know, there's been talk that he could play the two, so that means D'Angelo could play the one if they even keep D'Angelo. Uh, but, you know, they, they can they can work it out to where, where, where they do Bold. have— well, no, there, there's been trade talks that and, and Cowards yeah. mentioned that they shouldn't be keeping him. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. there's a possibility that they don't keep Russell— but you can have Russell, Ingram, and Jackson as your one, two, three, and I think that could be somewhat of effective because Ingram does has, have that shooting. D'Angelo can do it pretty much anywhere offensively, mm-hmm. and Josh mm-hmm. Jackson can can make his money driving a lane. So I, I think I think it's not too crazy. I, I see that Phoenix is probably his best spot. I don't know if Phoenix will be in the spot to take him because if they have the choice Ball or Fultz yeah, over with, Josh Jackson, I yeah. think they'll take the guards. But looking at them, I think you're I think unimpressed TJ, with Chris and Bender. I know Bender's injured now, but, but those uh, are those are guys who play four of the five, four and five. He will right, be right. playing stepping into three. three yeah. I think T.J. Warren's a guy who's a great who could be a phenomenal bench player and could be a starter for a team. But I see Josh Jackson's potential as something that's bigger than T.J. Warren. So I think that you put him to where Bledsoe, Booker, Josh Jackson, Chris, and and Bender. I think that's a phenomenal starting five. So I think I think that's the best fit. I just don't know if it's going to be the fit come time to the draft where it's where possible, Phoenix yeah. ends up. But that's just me. Let's move on now from Josh Jackson to another player in Dennis Smith. And looking at Dennis Smith and, and his career so far at, at NC State, you know he's coming off a, an ACL injury coming into NC State. NC State's kind of a weird choice for a prospect. You usually don't see top recruits going to NC State. But you Dennis got Jimmy Smith did V. It. You got Jimmy V. You got the, the nostalgia of that team. That was it's a good team. 1980, Ricky. Still, still nostalgia. Dennis Smith was born in 1993. <laughs> 1997. I, I forget. There. He's 1997, yeah, man. He wasn't he, alive. He's 19. He's younger than I am. Uh, <laughs> but the thing with Dennis Smith is you watch him, and there's the question about his faults versus ball. But Dennis Smith might be inching closer to putting his name into that basket because you even get comments 
on the Ball versus Fultz thing saying mm-hmm. Dennis Smith is the best guard. So the question is, is Dennis Smith the best guard in the NBA draft? No. Lonzo Ball, Marco Fultz are the best guards in this draft. Why? Smith is still number three. Why? To me, if I was an NBA team, and to me right now, I mean, with Lonzo Ball, it's kind of, it's to me, with him, he's the kind of wild card because it's like, I if I was looking for a shooting guard or a point guard, I'd he's feel combo confident guard. drafting him there. But for me, the best point guard in this draft is still Markel Fultz. It is still Fultz. It will probably always be Fultz unless something catastrophically happens. I just watch this kid play, and I just it's one of those things where I just look at him and I go, Pass he's the got it. Yep. He's got it. Now, is Dennis Smith like, no, get the fuck out of here? No. I like Dennis Smith as well. If I was outside the top two and I was that number three team, I would take Dennis Smith. That's how good he is. Feel pretty but comfortable he is, with that. But he is number three looking into ball and faults. I've got some concerns about ball, to be fair. I think that he could challenge for that. I, I like uh, Dennis Smith's play style. I, he's a bit more physical. I like the fact he's a whole lot better with uh, the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. I know Lonzo is big on, you know, he gets the team incorporated. He he's gets, silky he, smooth with the ball. Yeah, but I'm afraid that no I've seen so many big guards in the NBA have issues and I'm a, I don't even get the pun. What's the pun? Yeah. His last name's Ball. Uh, Silky Smooth? With the ball. You said with the ball. His last name's ah, Ball. Ah, well, whatever. He plays with a bad it's pun. A, <laughs> he plays a fucking sport with a ball. Oh, my God. Anyways, oh, my God. Bad go jokes. back to what you said. He said if I was saying he was balling ball. out, then maybe that would be. You said with the ball, and I threw it in there. Go ahead, Dave. Terrible. Keep going. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got concerns about him translating to the NBA. Uh, I think he's, he's fantastic in college, but uh, I think Dennis Smith's game translates better to the NBA. And the one thing, too, with Ball, and people bring it up as, well, he's shooting a high percentage, and he's shooting like 42% from three. But you know, you look at Lonzo Ball, he's got such a fucking janky jump shot. It's yep. it's weird. As like, long as it goes in, I don't care. But the thing is, is that NBA defenders will be able to stop that wind-up from the hip that he goes like this. It's like, what what is, like... He's giving them so many opportunities to block it. He's he's coming up from the same angle all the time. It's just it's and that's it's why, the shooting motion. And it doesn't matter. If it said, doesn't matter. Probably, I would more put him over into a shooting guard because then I can have him but he's just better be a with spot the, up shooter. But he's better with the ball in his hands. I mean, you can have him do both. You can still have him see, be a point guard. Some of the I would times. say Fultz is more of the the guy that he's, can go to the shooting guard because he's a guy that. Doesn't need the ball the ball in his hand because he can go off ball. I mean, he's better with the ball in his hands. He but fits more of that Kyrie Irving mold. Yeah, I would say so. But I mean, even then, I mean, he's he's bigger. I I just I look at him and I would say he's more able to go to the shooting guard because I think Lonzo Ball's most effective with the ball in his hands. So I, I look at Dennis Smith though, and I think he is probably if we if we have to say anything, I think he's probably the guy that can translate to probably the most modern guard in the NBA. If if we're, if we're looking at James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I think that his explosiveness and that his athleticism could help him become to a level where he's a guy that's averaging or close to averaging a triple-double. Mm-hmm. I think Markel Fultz can be a fantastic player, yep. but I don't know if I can see him. And he's he's doing it right now, so well, maybe, is, maybe like, I'm saying that yeah, wrong. Say, but, he's doing but, pretty good, but it's I want to see him on a team with other guys, yeah. and that's what we haven't got a chance to see on that Washington team. Dennis Smith isn't playing with the phenom- phenomenal players like no. in NC State, but... I would still but that's say the comparison when you look at Lonzo Ball and go, all right, how much talent is around him that makes him mm-hmm. look better? And, you know, how much of it is a system, how much is coach and, and quality of opponent? And you have to kind of factor all of those things into one thing, and that's where I go with Ricky on the eye test is, what do I see when I watch him play, and who can I kind of compare him to in my mind that fits at the NBA level? And 
I, I still think I like Fultz the most, but I, again, I, I've got Dennis Smith at two and Lonzo Ball at three. There's only one thing to me that, and the it goes against Fultz, but it's nothing against him. Mm-hmm. I look at that Washington team, yep. and he's above and beyond everybody else. Like, you look at Ball, and he's got, like we said, a complete team around him as mm-hmm. a system, but he's still throwing up 7.9 assists per game. Where if you look at the assist numbers, and my big thing with Dennis Smith was, oh, he's going to be in the NBA, a penetrator, a get-to-the-basket guy, but will he ever be that passer? Like, we see Ball's an excellent passer. We see Fultz sees the floor well. But if you look at the assist numbers, Ball has the most of the three. Fultz has the the least, I should say, at Mm -hmm. 6.0. And you've got Dennis Smith right in there at 6.9. Yep. The big thing. I think that's Fultz, more of a team thing. Because that's that's you, it. Yeah. Fultz is one of those things where, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Well, he's yeah, he's still going to pass it. But it's one of those things where he doesn't have the same guys that Smith and especially Ball do. And when he does get that in the NBA, those assist it's, numbers are going to go up. I, I don't think. I mean, you get the Russell Westbrook assist where you where you brick a shot and your guy down low gets the ball off that. That might and then be, you can put it back up. And, yeah. and when <laughs> and when we were looking, Dave before the, the segment, untracked stats. Dave before the segment said, "I don't know who the like perfect comparison is." Just from looking at some of the things that are on the draft sheet and from what I've seen, mm-hmm. I could see Dennis Smith developing into a. Russell Westbrook type of player. Not exactly Russell Westbrook, not the next superstar, but that type of player. See, well, yeah, what, what I'm saying when I say comparison, comparing him to a player is like when I see him at his best, mm-hmm. what this NBA is what player, what, no, but really what NBA player does that remind yeah. you of? Yeah. And when I look at Dennis Smith, his his ability to get to the basket, his ability and his, his ferocity, you know, I mean, the, that dunk against Duke where he's just mm-hmm. like, Dude, yeah, that was a statement. Yeah. The, the game was over. The time's, <laughs> time's up when he's at the three point line, but he's going to throw mm-hmm. down a dunk and a complete tomahawk just to do it for fuck's mm-hmm. sake. I mean, that's a Russ move. He's That's a petty fucking move. <laughs> I mean, I, I just see him as if he can max out, he can be a player like Russ. I don't know if he's going to have the talent and success that. Russ has had, but if he's firing at all cylinders, I see him as, as a Russ. And at his lowest point, I don't really know where he could be, but with a guy like Lonzo Ball, I could see him being, like at his worst, being like a Michael Carter-Williams. Yes. I, I, I just, that, that was the comparison that I didn't want to actually say, but I thought about. And with Fultz, I look at him, and I, I don't know if I can see a low point, but he just looks like a guy that can kind of like he, he hesitates a lot. And and I think one of it I think might he's be— he's going to value a lot from an NBA coach. I yeah, really do. But in an NBA team, but I think I look when I look at Fultz too, I mean, you look at the UCLA Washington game, I mean Lonzo had a better performance because and, and he, I mean he, he didn't shut down Fultz, but he also is a better team. But when you mm-hmm. look at it, I mean, he was just more efficient on the floor where, you know, Fultz is completely out there on an island. He's forcing up shots. He does he's, he seems a little hesitant going to the hoop. He's you know, really once he starts going there, he's not that hesitant, but he he is very slow. And when I was yeah. watching him, I'm like, well, he's kinda like Le'Veon Bell before Le'Veon Bell hits a hits a hole. He's very patient, patient. and dancing yeah. around. I think that's what kind of turns off people. So I think it's it's tough to 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 kind of go off these guys. But when I look at Fultz, I see a guy that can be an all-around great player. I, I think that he can do a passing, rebounding, scoring, getting the hoop, and, and shooting. I just think it's more of what can he do with help. And I think I think the biggest knock on him is, is he, is he aggressive enough, and what will he actually do when helps around him? When I look at Lonzo Ball, I see a team leader out there. I see a fantastic, you know, a fantastic passer facilitator, a guy who's unselfish, and that's what you want in a point guard. Mm-hmm. And the knock on him, I would say, is 
Is it the team and then also that janky shot? Because, yes, again, you can hit 42%, but can that translate to the NBA when you're going up against ridiculous defenders? I mean, yep. he, we saw him be able to create a lot of space on that 30-foot mm-hmm. jumper he took against Oregon, but will he be able to do that against NBA defenders? And that's a question I have. And then with Dennis Smith, it's more of injuries and, and the, his style of play that's the biggest knock on well, him. Well, he's coming in with an AC. Well, coming yeah, off and, with an AC. And, and we just talked about Jabari Parker, mm-hmm. a guy that drives so much and that's so explosive. And, you know, there's there was this great piece on r slash NBA about the way that Russ changed the way he dribbles yeah. and the way that he, he kind of attacks and the way he runs because it's taking less pro- pressure off his hips. So, I mean, is Dennis Smith going to be able to you know, take all of the, the, the speed and, and the quickness of the NBA game and be able to turn that into success. So I think there's a lot of upside to all of these players. I think all of them are going to be fantastic. If I'm going to have to pick one, I'm going to have to pick Fultz because he's doing this all without help. And if he does get help, he won't have to force as many shots up. And he will be able to, you know, kind of lead his team. And he's got good vision. He's got mm-hmm. the ability to drive. He's got a, a, like a long wingspan. And you just look at him and he's, he's just very flowing. Uh, on the basketball court, and the one guy that I'm kind of iffy about out of the most of them is Lonzo Ball, but yeah. I also I can see him being like a plug and play player guy. Like you know how like Rondo had like that perfect fit when he first got to Boston. Mm-hmm. It was like if you get the right cast around him, you can really I could really see this guy succeed right off the bat and have an impact on a team. And the thing with Ball though is also I think he also has he I think he has the 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 less chance to become a superstar, but I think he also has the less chance to flop. So, so, so his his ceiling is lower, but his floor is higher. Pretty much, yeah. And, and I it's think, a safe pick. And I think with with pretty much Dennis Smith, it's like his ceiling could be a complete superstar, and his floor can be he's done well, after a year. I want to wow. throw I want to well, throw this question out. Yeah. But that's what yep. I'm saying. And this has to do with Dennis Smith. Let's say according to Tankathon, let's say the top two stay like they are, where it's Boston and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's say for the sake of argument, Fultz and Ball are off the board. Yep. You're sitting there at number three. You're the L.A. Lakers. Do you take Dennis Smith? Without a doubt. Yeah, I, th- I think. And you, then if you do, D'Angelo is a. a what I do think, you do with D'Angelo then? You that's, put him at the two. That's a big yeah. thing. You, you put him you at, rock the two. at the two, and you feel good about your bench guys too. Because I mean, D'Angelo can shoot. D'Angelo can score. D'Angelo doesn't need the ball in his hands. He's a, he's a guy that can come off screens. He's a guy that doesn't yeah. need to, to be a facilitator. Where Dennis Smith can be that guy who can be a leader on your team, who can take that ball to the bucket. He can pass it out. He's got great vision. I think that's actually a great fit for. Yeah. I think I think I like that. I think probably the worst fit for the Lakers guard wise is probably Fultz. Because I, I I don't know if he can really step up and be a leader where you need a leader on that uh, on that uh, Laker team. So that's why I, I like Ball the most to L. A. I think that's why Dennis Smith can can do that as well. Where Fultz, I think that's probably the worst well, one. Where, with, with, with the Celtics, with, you just have a great team around him. It's with yep. Ball he becomes the two to Russ's or D'Angelo's one. Where it's no. if Dennis Smith comes in, you move you're moving Russ over no matter what. I'm moving Russ over no matter what. I want Lonzo okay. Ball to have the ball in his hands. Okay. I think I think you if you want the leader. Of that team to be your, your point guard. I don't think it matters about size. I don't think it matters about play style. I think D'Angelo Russell's a better shooting guard than a point guard. And you I'll, put a guy like Lonzo Ball, he's a better point guard. I'll tell you this, and this is just outside the top two, and this is totally going against Chad Ford's mock draft. You know who I do not want to see Dennis Smith go to? Hmm. The Orlando Magic. Why is that? How many times have they drafted point guards? And it's like, man, he's going to be the next best thing. And then pff, flop. Cool. I don't know. Nothing. I mean, is that... 
the Orlando Magic fault or is that the prospect fault? I just I or is think that the that, talent development fault? I think that he may go to if he goes to Orlando, he won't develop into much. I don't know about that. I I, I think you look at the two guards. I think the two guards you're thinking of are Victor Oladipo and, and Alfred Payton and Payton was Payton like they ten, traded for ten. Yeah, well, yeah, I, mean, no, I think they didn't they draft still him at drafted. Ten? They traded for uh, the draft pick. Oh, yeah. they traded for the draft pick. They traded mm-hmm. for the draft pick at ten, and I wasn't really that big on Alfred Payton. I mean, he was a guy that. I mean, I think he's he's a guy that's kind of like Lonzo, where I mean, and Lonzo's a better shooter and better player, but you know, kind of tall, lanky, lanky kid who can. I mean, I wasn't too sold on Alfred Payton, and then the other pick was Victor Oladipo, where Oladipo, I mean, he was the number two overall pick, but I think that was kind of a stretch where he was just a guy with a ton of athleticism and Oladipo. That yeah, was it was also a terrible draft class. I mean, Anthony yep. Bennett went number one, so I think that was just an iffy. If he, if he, we, we can go players. into depth on, on this magic <laughs> roster and where they've gone about? wrong. Ten but, starters, uh, man. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, Dave. I don't know what you're talking about at all. I, I've never talked about the magic. Man, we, should, in my life. we should have talked about the magic instead of the Knicks. Yeah, oh, they're next. We'll, we'll do an in-depth profile. <laughs> we need to talk about the Heat. That's what we need to talk uh, about. So we'll see if the Heat can keep up their winning streak, and that's what we're going to end it on. Can the Heat? Will the Heat still be on their winning streak when we talk next, Dave? No. Will they take the the winning streak? I didn't. You're not Dave. Will the Will the Heat take their winning streak into the All Star break? Yes. Why not? Ricky, do you want to answer? Oh, wait, you already did. Yeah, I already did. I Just have play it back. Ricky, like giving opinions when have, people don't ask. I have, them hot takes. I have, they're not hot. I have faith that 7-Eleven will stay open during this All-Star break. and, and we this, podcast. You know, be, what, you know who they're straight? playing next on the road. It's the Thunder. The process. Oh. They're playing the I'm process. Not He's not even playing they, they, I, there's, a, there's an actual good team they're playing, though, in there. The Rockets. The, the Rockets. Road. That's what And, well... Yeah, no, that's after the Ulster break. The Rockets. Yeah, that's what that's the team. I was then they about. got the Hawks right after. They I think got they, Hawks, Pacers, and then the Mavericks. I think we're gonna see <laughs> them go to fourteen straight going into the All Star break. I think it's gonna be interesting to see, but that's gonna be for a different time. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget to tell us what you think about all of the opinions about Dennis Smith, Josh Jackson, Jabari Parker, J- Parker, Parker, Jabari Parker, and the Knicks in the comments down below. I feel like we're gonna get a lot of comeback on that Knicks topic, but. Love you know, to know what you guys think, though. Do. we got to know what you think. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Thanks for getting us to 5K. Thank you for downloading us on Blog Talk Radio. For Dave Oster, for Ricky Widmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.